Welcome to the Wellness and High Performance Podcast with your host, Coach Peter. Wellness is the foundation that unlocks your highest performance both mentally and physically and allows you to enjoy life to its fullest. In each episode, I share bite-sized health, fitness and performance lessons that are going to help you to live your best life. So, put on your shoes, head out of the door and start stepping into your potential. Hey guys, this is Coach Peter. In this episode of the Wellness and High Performance Podcast, I'm going to share with you something that's absolutely guaranteed to light a fire under your bum and make you want to exercise because it's exercising turns out that it's not just for your own sake, but it's actually for someone else's sake too. And before I get into that, I would like to remind you that if you're enjoying this actionable and applicable content that I'm delivering to you here on a weekly basis and you want to hear more and you want me to be able to bring some awesome guests into the podcast, your best way to contribute to the growth of the podcast is to leave a rating and review and subscribe on the platform that you're consuming this content from. Those are going to be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube and on Spotify it's a difficult but a little bit difficult to do but if you want to show your appreciation you can do that on Coach Puru Google profile that's going to be absolutely fine and it's going to be appreciated by myself very very much so the topic of today's episode comes from uh, I last week I did an energy management coaching session so I've been hired to do a coaching program with a group of graduates in a very very high-paced strategy consulting firm here in Melbourne and we were talking about the benefits of exercise and one of the questions that came from the group was like so how long do we actually have to exercise like how long do I need to exercise so that I can see these benefits on my body and the answer to this question comes from what I've heard Dr. Pat Davidson prescribed many times you know I've been I did a mentorship with him where he spoke about this and he also has an awesome product power hour where he talks on anything related to training fitness health wellness on a weekly basis and I'm a big big follower of that and where it basically goes down to it's a bit of a timeline for physical adaptations so when you start training you know, let's say that you've just given your training program and you've gone to the gym and you've started lifting weights. The first thing that's going to adapt in your body to the stress of resistance training is going to be your nervous system. So those neurological adaptations are going to occur pretty quickly. And from, you know, already from second week, when you come and do the exercise, the exercise that you've been doing on the first week, your nervous system has become more proficient at performing those tasks. So your skills have improved, but you haven't really done any other kinds of adaptations yet. For example, you haven't built any muscle tissue yet in in that first week. It takes a longer time for the body to get the gears rolling, so to speak, when it comes to these other physical adaptations that we can expect to get from resistance training, which are going to be, you know, improved fitness, improved strength, of course, improved muscle size, 
improve bone, tendon, ligament health. So those are the things that we're looking for from training. And from week one to three, you haven't even built any muscle mass because it turns out that from week one to three, what's taking place at the at the muscular level is something called sarcoplasmic hypertrophy. This is when the your cells are swollen up a little bit, there's a little bit more fluid and a little bit more growth factors present in the muscles. And you you might start already looking like a little bit more pumped up, so to say, but you actually haven't built any muscle tissue yet. From week four, that is when we start actually seeing new contractile protein being laid down. So these are the, this is called myofibril hypertrophy. So now you're actually starting to lay down new contractile protein tissue that's capable of contracting and creating more mechanical tension. So from week to week one to four, that's your ne neurological adaptations. You're getting better at the exercise and you're getting stronger. From week four, that is when you're going to start actually building muscle tissue. And from that, the next thing that's going to start adapting is going to be your ligaments and your tendons. So we always, can you see how we're moving deeper and deeper into the body? So we started from the periphery, which is your nervous system. Now we moved closer to the center of the body, which is now your muscles. And the next thing from muscles, that's going to be your tendons and your ligaments. And you know, like you're pretty much like actually, all of these things are being improved at all points in time. But the thing that's getting the most adaptation, the thing that's the focal point, the thing that's making the most progress at that point in time is going to differ and it's going to roughly follow this kind of a timeline. So pretty much from week 12 to 36, that is when you're going to start really seeing these really solid adaptations taking place in your tendons, in your ligaments, and in your connective tissues. So, you know, if your goal is to go to the gym to become more resilient, like you literally have to, you're only going to start making those adaptations in your joints and in your ligaments after you've been training for a couple of months. And, you know, that's going to keep going for, for a really, really long time. But you haven't really even tapped into that kind of gains if you've only been going to the gym for a very, very short period of time. So what's the next thing? What comes after ligaments, joints, and tendons, it's going to be even more central to the body. And that's bone, you know, if you listen to the episode, or you watch the episode that I did on bone health, and how critical it is that you're stressing your skeleton, give, give your body a reason to increase bone density, and then maintain bone density as much as we can, as we're aging. Well, it turns out, that it's gonna take even longer than that 36 weeks for the, for bone to become the thing that's actually getting the most adaptation. Like it's probably gonna be from the 36 weeks onward and then pretty much forever thereafter. That is when you're really, you've done enough stress to your body that now your body accepts that holy shit, like this thing is gonna keep going, this person is gonna keep you know, lifting heavy stuff, he's gonna keep running, he's gonna keep getting these foot contacts. So therefore, 
I bloody better start directing some resources towards increasing bone density. But you know, bone density, that's such a expensive thing to invest energy into. So again, like if you only train for a couple weeks and then you stop, there really wasn't enough of a reason to go and increase bone density to any meaningful degree. So I hope that you're starting to see the point that I'm driving home here is that if you really want to get these, these really big ticket adaptations from exercising, such as increased bone density, which is absolutely critical, you really do have to become someone who exercises for life and you literally can't stop. So what's the next thing after bone? You know, like there's there's still depths to this. We can still go deeper into our body. And it turns out that after your bone, the next thing that's going to start adapting are your genes. And this is called epigenetic expression. So it turns out that we all, every one of us pretty much shares the same set of genes. But what's different is which genes are being expressed and which genes are going to lay dormant. It's the interaction between our environment, our habits and our behaviors and then our genome that actually determines which ones of those genes are going to be expressed. So it's critical as a human being, like you learned again from the the episode where I spoke about bone health, it's a perfect example of this because if you remember, in your early childhood, there's a critical window of development when your genes need the right type of stress, meaning a lot of movement, lots of foot contacts, and that stress is then going to cause those genes that are associated with increased bone density to express themselves more. But on the other hand, if you're someone who doesn't move as a young person and you don't stress your skeleton in the same way, now those genes are going to lay dormant and they don't become expressed. So it turns out that once you've been exercising for long enough, now you actually start making changes in your genome. So that's called epigenetic change. So now those genes that are associated with more athleticism, with more fitness, with more bone density, with bigger muscles, with better blood sugar management, all those genes are going to become expressed in a more strong way. They're going to be expressed more. And then the genes that are associated with, you know, some adverse health outcomes, you know, like poor blood sugar management, higher blood pressure, you know, like poor fitness, the genes that are contributing to those kinds of outcomes are becoming less expressed. Therefore, they're going to be laying dormant more and more and more. So that's pretty cool. Like we can actually change the way in which your DNA and your genes are interacting just by staying really consistent with the exercising. And what's the next thing? Like there's even a deeper layer, the deepest and the deepest level, at least according to Dr. Pat Davidson, that we can create adaptations to, 
with physical exercise is this thing called gamete, which are your sexual reproduction part of your DNA. So when you've done so much, some kind of um, thing in your life, literally your body is already preparing to pass that information onto your descendants and onto your, your offspring. So where this comes from is from the observations of the Dutch hunger winter. So during Second World War, during the German occupancy of Holland, there was an extended period of time. People from all social classes underwent a massive famine and they were only getting about 400 to six, 800 calories per day, regardless of social status. And that is a massive reduction in someone's calorie intake. And it turns out that the human body has evolved to resist dying from famine. And the way in which the human body has evolved to resist dying from famine is to become more thrifty and become more conservative with energy. The first adaptation that takes place is that your basal metabolic rate, meaning your how many calories you burn through vital functions, reduces. You become more thrifty with energy because your need, your non-exercise through non-exercise activity thermogenesis, meaning how much energy you burn through unconscious activity reduces. And thirdly, your fat cells become more receptive to future fat gain in case all of a sudden you find calories in your environment. So because of these adaptations, it turns out that after the hunger period was over and the war was over, these individuals who underwent that very stressful period in their life, they had much higher rates of diabetes, cardiovascular problems, obesity, and any kind of thing that's you know related with like with increased um, adverse health outcomes from like a cardiovascular perspective. So that's because their body had made these adaptations and their body has adapted so strongly that they were now at a higher risk of developing these adverse outcomes. And what's really interesting is that it's now been long enough time that actually they were able to follow the descendants of those people who underwent the Dutch hunger winter. And it turns out that the children of these people who went through the, that period were also at a higher risk of obesity and cardiovascular problems because the literally the genes that these people were passing on to them had changed in a way that the, the, the genes were already expecting an environment where there's going to be very low calorie availability and that's why they're more prone towards storing body fat, right? And now there's been enough time from the, 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 the when the fact happened is that we have actually been able to follow the grandchildren of the people who underwent the Dutch hunger winter. And it turns out that even those descendants, even the grandchildren are at a higher risk for cardiovascular problems, being overweight and being obese. So what I'm kind of coming back to here when it comes to exercise is that if you exercise long enough, if you lift heavy weights, for long enough, 
that is a significant stress to your system that now your body and your genes are going to adapt to and now you're going to be passing information to the future generations of your lineage and guess what if I'm someone who's continually lifting heavy weights I'm someone who's continually challenging my aerobic fitness I'm someone who's running very fast I'm experiencing a lot of foot contacts I'm really having to do some stuff here while I'm on the planet I'm going to be passing on that information to the future descendants in my lineage and chances are that, that I mean like there's no way that they aren't more going to be more athletic because of what I'm putting my body through right now that's pretty cool huh like let's do a bit of a recap what's actually taking place and what timeline when you're going to the gym so pretty much from week zero to three all you're getting is neurological adaptations your nervous system is adapting you're becoming stronger and you're becoming more proficient in the movements that you're doing from week four and onwards that's when you're really laying down some new contractile protein tissue so that is when you're really starting to build some solid lean muscle mass the thing that's going to adapt after that is going to be your tendons your ligaments and your joints now if you keep stressing your system with resistance training you're going to be driving adaptations into your bones and you're going to be increasing your bone density and if you keep exercising if you still keep driving stress into your system now you're going to be changing which genes in your own genome are going to be expressed and if you still keep exercising and you still keep driving the stress of exercise onto your system now it's your sexual reproductive genes that are going to be passed on to the future descendants of your lineage are going to get information that it's a really good idea to have the genes associated with cardiovascular fitness with strength with resiliency be really primed but then again it will come down to your descendants of actually with their behavior and their environment they still do have to express those genes so that they can come to fruition and if they they'd never do that then well that you know it, it just doesn't happen it's almost like you're loading the gun for them and it's still up to them to go and pull the trigger but you know if you ask me like being able to give a better toolkit for future generations of the people who are coming after me like that is what I call a training adaptation you know like building biceps and looking better on the beach that's pretty cool too but being able to pass something for future generations and already giving them information about what to bring into this world I think that's absolutely fascinating and extremely motivating at least to me so if you found this episode interesting and if you found this information motivating and you know someone who would also like to hear this information who would benefit from knowing this in their life please do them and me a favor and share this episode with them 
So now that we lit up a fire under your belly to go to the gym and start exercising, we still need to make sure that you're doing the right things in the gym. It's not only like you have to know what to do at the gym, you have to know how to do it to maximize your time and avoid injuring yourself. And then you need to follow a progressive plan that's moving you forward in a logical plan that follows the principles of exercise science. And it turns out I'm going to do a shameless plug because I have a pretty good bloody product for that. It's called the Coach Buru Training App. And I've developed these training systems for men and women to take you from any kind of background, teach you the best habits to incorporate into your gym training regime, and then progress you from there onwards. And it doesn't mean that if you've already been going to the gym for a while, it doesn't mean that they're beginner programs. No, no, but it's a system that in which you can really build good habits and then grow with the system to even more advanced stuff. And a lot of people who've already been training for a while, but you've kind of hit a wall and you've just been doing the same stuff over and over again, and you're not really seeing any progress with your strength, your fitness, and your muscle size, chances are that all you just need to do is to follow a little bit more of a structured approach, take a bit of a sidestep, build these really good habits, start really tracking your results in the gym, make sure you're doing every exercise in the most efficient way possible, and collaborate with like-minded individuals who are also trying to maximize their training time at the gym. And this is what the Coach Puter Training app can offer you. So if you want to join the team, you can do that on coachputer.com slash app. And if yourself found this information interesting, or if you have any questions or anything that I've covered in this episode, make sure to send me a message on Instagram at coachputer. Looking forward to connecting with you. Other than that, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. I had an absolute blast. I thought that this concept was absolutely mind blowing and very, very interesting. So, I hope that I'll see you in the next video. This is Coach Putter. Let's do this.